What's up, guys? Before we get started, um, I just want to go ahead and say that this episode is going to be a rebroadcast of our 29th episode on the Texas Republican Party platform recorded last August. Even though we we're unable to cover all of the candidates that we were going to cover this week, we still are going to have that episode out uh, before early voting on February 14th. Even though that's the case, uh, this episode still will kind of cover what a lot of these candidates, if they are Republican, uh, a good question that a, a, a journalist could ask is, do you support the Republican Party platform in the state of Texas? Because this is what's on it, and it's some crazy stuff. So that's the conversation that's coming at you now. Uh, we apologize for the delay, and uh, we'll have that information for the candidates before early voting. All right. Enjoy the episode. We support the defunding of climate justice initiatives, the abolition of the Environmental Protection Agency, and repeal of the Endangered Species Act. That was the worst one for yeah. me. There were a lot of bad sentences in there. But <laughs> they should have just hated put that one a lot. Joe Exotic. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah, that was. We uh... oppose environmentalism that obstructs legitimate business interests and private property use, including the regulatory taking of property by government agencies so there you go again taking property Hello, Fort Worth. What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Fort Worth Freedom Review. We are a show about local politics that aims to get more people engaged in local issues. My name is Anthony Sosa, and today we have Christopher Rose and Thomas Moore here to discuss the Texas GOP party platform. There is a lot of crazy stuff happening right now. Uh, as of time of recording, we're recording in the, on Sunday, August the 15th. Uh, coronavirus is getting crazy. Um, people are upset about mask mandates in the area, going back and forth between what we're allowed and not allowed to do with courts and judges and districts doing all sorts of things. Um, there is plenty of hullaboo, hullabaloo. Yeah. Uh, on that topic, we're not going to talk about really that stuff this time. We're spending the entire podcast talking about the platform of the Texas party, uh, you know, Republican party. And so we're going to be breaking it down. There's not really a formal introduction. We're going to lead straight into the conversation. So just want to let you know, that's what this is going to be about. All the links below will be provided below to the Reddit thread that inspired this and highlights some of the most egregious policies. And then the full platform is also there for you to go through and look at yourself. We highly encourage you to go look through the whole platform and, and see what else that we actually didn't get to cover. We only get through about half of this. So without further ado, here is the show. It's something like that. I don't know. It's fun. Okay, sorry. Okay, we'll get we'll get, <laughs> we'll get rolling. We'll get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do they oppose fascism when they're literally being fast? Sorry, I'm reading the thing right now, and I'm already like. Okay, so fuck. should we start with the with the preamble? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do y'all have anything? anyone have any highlights from the preamble that you surprisingly were like, yeah, damn right, or that you absolutely hated? Um, 
I mean, just all the God stuff was the stuff that jumped out to me. Um, mm-hmm. That was the stuff yeah. just like, it's you're really holding on to that. You know, this like, I don't know, it's a party platform. So you, at least me, I'm like political issues. What are our values? And I, I'm, I get it. And saying our values are, are Christian, Judeo, God, um, or Judeo Christian or whatever. So I don't know. What about you guys? What did y'all... What jumped out to you about the beginning? Where's this plot? preamble? I'm seeing yeah. the principles. It's right yeah, above. I'm sure it's stuff, right above the principles. The, the traditional family. Yeah. Rhetoric. Oh God. Um, was unappreciated yeah. on my part. Uh, the laws of nature and nature's God. The fuck. Yeah. And we support the strict adherence to the original language and t- uh, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States of. The... Are they trying to, to to be the biggest hypocrites? Like I'm. I am confused. So okay. th- there are a lot of contradictions. We'll notice as we kind of roll through so, this. There's a, if we you know. fail to maintain our sovereignty, we risk losing the freedom to live these ideals. Can we unpack that? Mm, yes. Our sovereignty? So I think they mean the state's sovereignty. Right. Yeah. And if we fail to, and, and by fail to maintain, they mean against the federal government. Right. Not really, like, all they want is to be in charge. Like, this is all about power. This has nothing yeah. to do with anything else. The part before that, though, the sentence before that's the one that that is another like indicator. It's like we understand that our economic success depends on free market principles. So it's like free market capitalism is where why we're successful, where we get our success from. You know, implying that we need to uphold free market capitalism. And as we as we go through this, they're all about it. They keep repeating it over and over again. Mm. Um, yeah, they just they really they start out the gates grabbing for power and then they just keep going just yeah don't let up the whole way through i'm curious to compare this to the democratic i'm wondering if it's going to be formatted in a different way i don't know i've never looked at like a full party like state party platform before so i'm wondering if it's going to you know like do the uh (laughs) do the democrat like does the democratic one like spend as much time being like this is the way we have to be. That's what I'm wondering. I don't know. Well, we'll find out. I no, guess, next all episode. the Democrats have to do is look like the adults in the room. And here's what's going to happen. They're going to do that. They're going to put as much emotion in there as a ro- robot. And mm. the GOP is going to take advantage. All these things are emotional appeals to action. Yeah. That's why they're doing this. Emotional yeah. voters show up. And usually on non-presidential uh, tickets, the GOP basically kicks the democrat party's ass about you know six out of four times six out of ten times because their people are more uh loyal like they're more reliable when it comes to voting a lot a lot of people who vote for the democrat party don't even know that there's an election within their they think there's just a presidential election that's it they they have no concept of anything else yeah i think and that's why the republican party is getting away with this ridiculousness because this isn't really a platform as much as it is just an appeal to identity politics a lot of it is i mean but it it is i mean it is a platform it's just a platform based on you know for for a large portion of it identity politics but there's also like there's a lot of contradictions in it which i think is I don't know, as someone who tries to be like, you know, logically consistent in the way that I make my decisions. Like if you go through this and if you try to be logical about it, it's kind of like really hard to reconcile like some of the contradictions. But any, I don't know. Do you all want to start, I guess, digging into it? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Did we go through anybody have any principles oh my God. highlights? The the <laughs> preamble was the first thing. Oh wow, I'm I'm yeah. the best guys. <laughs> I also have no you copy. Just so right over it. Outstanding. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you know, it just sets the tone. You still get the gist by reading everything else. So okay, we've right. got we've got ten principles that they've listed mm-hmm. here. Yep. Um, and like what you said a second ago, Thomas, the laws of nature and nature's God. Uh, yep. S- strict adherence which to is, the yeah. Go ahead. Which is just weird that that's this, and we support the strict adherence to the original language and intent of the of these like government documents. So why are you bringing yeah. up God here? Yeah, <laughs> it is, I mean that in itself so, like, is a contradiction, right? Yeah. When when they made that shit, you had like a room full of like uh people who were really heavy into the Great Awakening and people who were uh you know not. Uh you had a lot of deists and a lot of non deists. Like the thing that made the US so controversial at that time was they didn't have as many references to God, gods or the divine, you know, nature of God picking who wanted to be in charge. Basically, the reason that, that sometimes it's kind of vague as to which God is God is that's where the uh, non-deists were kind of trying to appease the deists to make shit, make stuff happen. Um, it was specifically designed not to adhere to any particular religion. That's why there's a separation of church and state. Exactly. But, I mean, that's the thing. This isn't historically accurate, right? This isn't based... Their conception of America being a Christian nation isn't mm-hmm. really historically accurate. Um, but there were Christians just, that made it, and that was the prevailing culture for a long time, but it wasn't sure. strictly for Christians. Sure, you can say it's been the prevailing culture, and that's fine. But as far as like the rights that we're talking about people being you know, given or what have you, um, that's, that's, that's a whole kind of different conversation. But let's keep yeah. going. Let's keep going. So sanctity of innocent human life. Um, meaning created in the image of god yeah created in the image of god there's the capital g um which should be equally protected because if it's if it's the flying spaghetti monster what what are we going to do i mean no so but they 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 haven't yet but they specify judeo-christian god like later like they're they're very specific about which which god they're talking about uh number three (laughs) preserving american texas sovereignty and freedom so that's another one like texas is sovereignty and american sovereignty but texas is sovereignty and freedom. And again, how do you define freedom can vary a lot. Um, li- number four, limiting government power to those items enumerated in the United States and Texas constitutions. Limiting government power to all the stuff that we've said the government's supposed to do. Um, number five, personal accountability and, and responsibility. And so like that's seems innocuous. Oh yeah, everybody should be accountable and everybody should be yeah. responsible. Like, oh, we can all agree on that. But what they yeah. mean by that is ignoring mm. systemic issues and ignoring that sy- is a dog whistle. Issues. Yeah. Yes. And so it's like, well, there aren't these overarching economic and governmental you know, things that influence our lives. You're responsible for your shit. And if you're poor, uh, it's because it's your fault. You know, it's 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 your <laughs> reason. It's not it's not the system's fault. Uh, so I don't know. So that's I don't know. That's like at that one. I was just like, oh, God, here we go again. Uh, number six, self Yeah, that's a very succinct <laughs> translation. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, I hate uh, number six. Yeah, number six, self-sufficient, self-sufficient family is founded on the traditional marriage of a natural man and a natural woman. 
natural man, natural. How do we define mm. that? What is that? It. You know? <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's a bunch, like you said, Thomas, dog, dog whistling, right? Like you're serious. You're, you're trying to, trying to thick, trigger the lips. Like, yeah. Uh, number seven, uh, having an educated population, which yes, I think we all can agree the population should be educated. But then after that, it says with parents having freedom of choice for the education of their children. And that, I don't want to say parents shouldn't, shouldn't have that, right? But, you know, it's again that the, you know, homeschool, charter school, private school emphasis that is in this state, you know, and like the de-emphasis of public education. Am I being punked right now? What do you mean? The, the Texas GOP and their platform is saying they care about education. Yeah, well, it depends. What These do you educate? These are the guys who try to fight CRT. What are we ranked right now? Yeah. Like 34, and I think that's well, just mostly Austin. What? So I think that this is catering to homeschoolers. Yes, 100%. Because in Texas, homeschoolers have so much freedom. There is no statewide regulation for what you're teaching your children. Um, there's no accountability. Oh, yeah. No, I know people who are homeschooled and, who are like grown adults who can't read. All right. Oof. Yeah. Well, at least there's that. <laughs> at least, at least <laughs> I made it out with being able to read and write. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But, but yeah. So this is it's just simping. They're just simping. They're yeah. just dude. They're just being like, don't worry, guys. We got, we got you. Exactly. I'll, like, teach your kids whatever you want. vote for us. Yeah. yeah. You guys the public schools in rural areas are just as bad too. Travel to the capital and protest whenever. Whenever we want you to, so exactly. we want yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good point, actually. Homeschool out of your hotel The logistics room. of being mm-hmm. able to be politically active as a homeschooler, because yeah, if your parents want, like you say, go to Austin to do something, you can because they're not taking you out of school. That's a really good mm-hmm. point. I never thought about that. Uh, interesting. Uh, okay, so three, three more on these huh? principles. So these principles are pretty direct, right? They're pretty out- direct. Like, hey, this is specifically what we're about. Um, number eight, the inalienable right of all people to defend themselves and their property. I actually agree with that one. Well, sure. But it depends. I don't think they do, but it comes down to how you define property. Right. And remember a lot of this (laughs) emphasis and focus on property, in my personal opinion, comes from still being butthurt of a good percentage of their property being turned into people after the civil war. Uh, yep. and so, you know, and yep, so it's like, exactly what it is. we don't think about it often in those terms, but that is, a, that is the government took their property and they never oh. forgot that. Oh. And so it's like, that's still why the, they don't want the government taking more property. Thankfully, we're not dealing with people as property anymore. Uh, in, oh, mo- in most fun, situations, fun, fun exercise you can do, um, go look at the net worths, the people who, uh, lose their houses, tamanent domain. Oh yes. And so that's a big, that's a, they've, they've mentioned that a lot in here. And so that's, that's, you know, we can, that's a good conversation to have, right? Uh, you know, it, it, it is a, a valuable conversation to have. What does the state have a right and not have a right to take from an individual, right? Uh, and so, you know, there, that, a lot of this is kind of nuanced, but they're taking a really hard angle on a lot of this. They're not leaving a lot of room for nuance on their specific position. But these, like, these political issues in general, like, yeah, should an em- eminent domain be a thing and for what purposes? Like, that's a legitimate conversation to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, uh, and so I don't know. And they, that's for a civil asset forfeiture. Yeah. And they're actually, I was surprised <laughs> that was one of the things I was for. They're actually against that, which I'm like, if you guys are against that, I know the Democrats are against that too. Why do we have that? Like, like they if everybody's politically against that, against that's it. one of the things that they're going to virtue signal list. They're going to say, oh, 
we're against this, and it's going to be one of the first concessions they make. Yeah, and that's a good point. I can almost guarantee you that's going to. You have to have concessions. Happen. And so, th- finally, the last two principles: number nine, a free enterprise society, unencumbered by government interference and subsidies. And so, again, free enterprise equals free market capitalism. We need the translation. It's the same thing. And so, this is they want a free market society that is unencumbered or unprohibited by government interference and subsidies. So they view like government money paying for things as interference, which is like So question. What? <laughs> wouldn't that apply to wouldn't that apply to social media platforms who are trying to ban whoever they want? Uh that that's another thing that comes up later down the road. I don't think that yeah. I don't think that applies to this. I mean, to me this is like government like social security, for instance. The government giving people money that or you know are are, are making people put back money. Maybe that, maybe that's not the best example. Maybe more like a stimulus check. Okay, so like the government providing a subsidy to every living citizen, you know, they're, they're looking at that as government interference. And oh, should, they just they don't want to do help that. you. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Like, explicitly <laughs> say, yeah, like n- none of that, yo, because that's interference uh, in the give free me market. Tax money, fuck you. Interference in the quote unquote free market. Uh, I'm going to go yeah, bomb these people in this I love that you immediately thought of like, you know, ways that they want the government to interfere in a free enterprise society when they just meant we don't want to help people yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, whenever they say we're, we're for a free enterprise society they mean for them yeah yeah yes and they so that's... still want to be able to be like but you can't kick people off for spreading dangerous misinformation of your own private platform yeah, and so that's one thing where they're yeah. wanting government interference. They're wanting the the state of Texas and the U.S. government to come in and regulate those private companies like Facebook and Google to mm-hmm. you know not be able to censor who they want to, which is the opposite <laughs> of what they normally advocate for. They're normally asking for the government to get it, and so that's abortion's the same thing. Like it's literally the government intervening in women's uteruses, and it's like mm-hmm. normally you guys are against the government intervening. Except, mm-hmm. like you just said, Thomas, for when it's stuff that you want it to be, you know? And so... That- oh, there's a whole conspiracy yeah. theory on, on abortion that I kind of believe it. Uh, the, G- the the theory is that the GOP actually doesn't want abortion gone. Because it's a really good uh, way to get cri- evangelical Christians to vote for whatever the hell they're doing. Yeah, that's actually a good point. You know, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, they drive their base with a lot of that anti-abortion rhetoric, if that boogeyman goes away, uh, yeah, they're going to have to change some other message that might not resonate as much with that. that that's a good mm-hmm. point. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, who knows if, you know, I really do think it is an ideological thing for a lot of these people. They just believe that babies are being murdered. Like, they just yeah. believe that that's what's actually happening. And like, if you try to look at it from like that Louis C.K. bit, like if you look at it from that perspective and you actually believe babies are being murdered, then it's not outrageous to see why people are as mad as they are you know um right it's just i i don't see it that way and a lot of other people like the majority of people don't see it that way right um just a hard disagree on that on that whole that whole concept so okay let's we got every other country this isn't even an issue by the way every other developed nation like people look at that shit and they're just like wait what you're arguing over this i know there's so many things that that's the case for i mean climate <laughs> change too climate change isn't an issue in the rest of the world they're already doing stuff about it we're still having the conversation here um, so, okay, this thing's huge. It's like 300 and something, 337 points. We, yeah. we obviously don't have the time to talk about every single one of them. Um, right. But I do want to go through kind of the, the sections and talk about maybe some of the more egregious ones. There's also, by the way, listener, we, we mentioned this last episode, but uh, 
there's a Reddit post, a Reddit thread that kind of inspired this whole thing. Uh, and I'll link to that down below in the show notes where someone had essentially gone through and just pulled out, I don't know the exact number, maybe 30-ish of the most egregious things on this platform and like put it in a post and, and people were talking about it. And I was like, yeah, this is crazy. So we decided to go look at the actual thing uh, and see all the stuff. And so under the first section, business, commerce, and transportation, um, do y'all have- Oh, we any... got to talk about the power grid. This is classic, dude. Yeah, the power, yeah. Power grid's like the first thing on here, which actually is really funny. Um, hold on. I'm just... crying. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Again, there's a few things. I, I went with a blue <laughs> highlighter and highlighted things that I agreed with and, and pink highlighter and things I disagreed with. Um, <laughs> on a... <laughs> There's a lot of a lot of, a lot of disagrees with some agrees. So what, <laughs> what, what is what is so funny? Please share. Yes, what the, is the, the first thing on A is cyber attacks on the grid's computerized command and control system. They're concerned. The second thing is physical attacks on substations and major high voltage transformers. Physical and attacks. here's my favorite. Geometric storms created by solar flares from the sun. Yeah, geomagnetic storms. Actually, no, that, that's legit. Um, the last one that was a really big geomagnetic storm was in the 1890s before we had our current grid infrastructure. And it blew out all the telegraph. To... Sorry, no, sorry, finish that sentence. No, 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 it just blew out all the telegraph lines back then. Uh, and so it did It did affect the infrastructure, but it's, we didn't have, we weren't as well. Sorry, what were you going to say? I'm going to have to tell my dad that the GOP doesn't believe or believes in the sun and he's gonna have to unfollow them. <laughs> it's official, it's on their platform. They believe in geothermal activity. Yeah. So there you go. Uh yeah. I'm still gonna get over the whole cyber attack on the grids thing. Like, <laughs> what are they trying to do? Well, they're scared, like, they're scared of China or Russia coming in and hacking or Iran uh, coming in hacking. Well, if system, it's not you know. if it's not trying to rush it then they have to take responsibility that makes sense okay i'm with you so yeah, I mean, this was yeah that was the section i agree with i was like i agree with all we do need to update all this stuff yeah and that's so, gonna cost money you're gonna have to tax people to pay for that you know that right like, like sorry. so number 19 is jumping out to me okay the carbon tax yeah okay you so want to read it we oppose all efforts to classify carbon dioxide as a pollutant we further urge the U.S. Senate to defeat the cap-and-trade legislation as it is outside the authority of the U.S. Constitution. So the first... What, sorry, the, are you familiar with the cap-and-trade legislation? I am, uh, and I can explain it here in a moment if, if you want to. Uh, but I, that first sentence to me was just like, what? <laughs> I know, I know! We oppose efforts to classify carbon dioxide as a pollutant. Like, reality, people. Like, What? <laughs> That's a yeah. that's a conversation they don't care about reality. The last point they had was about geometric storms that haven't happened since 1890. Geomagnetic, geomagnetic like, storms. Yeah. Magnet, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm saying that wrong. You can <laughs> say they're lying about climate change if you just redefine the words to mean different things. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. No, absolutely. That's you know that's some that's eight that's some 1984 <laughs> stuff where you're using doublespeak to make words mean not what they what they don't mean. Um. So okay, cap and trade is essentially a, an economist wet dream uh, solution to climate change. And so economists love markets and they like to fix things with more markets. And so what they've done is, is they've created this uh, currency where companies that produce, excuse me, I just hit the mic, companies that produce 
carbon emissions. So, you know, like like oil companies, for instance, or, you know, refineries or what have you, um, they have a limit that they're allowed to release every year. And once that limit's been re reached, then they're like in non-compliance and they can be fined or sanctioned or whatever. Um, and so, but companies that don't pollute as much can sell off their their shares essentially. So if you're given like a thousand carbon dollars or whatever, and you only put three hundred carbon dollars worth of pollution in the air, then you can sell to Exxon or whatever because they're polluting out the wazoo. You can sell your seven hundred dollars, and and that makes money for your company. And so it's like a way to incentivize the businesses to not produce as much carbon so they can make money off of like the extra but that's not actually how it works in practice and like i'm actually i'm not a big fan of cap and trade either uh it's just it but it's just better than no regulation which is kind of what we had before which is they were just like letting mm. companies pollute whatever which uh, is probably what they mean when they want cap and trade trade done just no regulation well yeah that's exactly what they mean <laughs> that's exactly Pay what no they mean. attention no to this world that's on fire or the fact that the billionaires are now trying to go somewhere else in space um this cap of trade needs to go and climate change isn't real. Yeah. Ah. So, I mean, there's, and that's a conversation that's a, that's still ongoing of like the best way to handle carbon emissions. Uh, but I mean, one way you can do it is you could just straight up legislate, you know, or nationalize those industries. Uh, and then they're way easier to regulate. Um, anyways, what, what, what did Thomas or, or Rose, did you have another one that jumped out to you? 21. 21 environment. What, what, what about it? Or I guess you want to read it. And... We support the defunding of climate justice initiatives, the abolition of the Environmental Protection Agency, and repeal of the Endangered Species Act. That was the worst one for yeah. me. There were a lot of bad sentences in there. But... They should have just <laughs> put Free Joe Exotic. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah. That was. We uh... oppose environmentalism that obstructs legitimate business interests and private property use, including the regulatory taking of property by government agencies. So there you go again, taking property. Yep. It's all about property, property protection. Yeah, but not your own body. That's not your Yeah, body. human human beings aren't, aren't really considered important or considered in part of the equation for a lot of this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I don't, yeah, this, yeah, this, I mean, it's like, not surprised. We all knew the the Republican Party didn't like the, you know, environmentalism or whatever, but it's just to be so extravagant and far reaching, just get rid of all of that stuff, you know, it's just kind of, kind of gross and embarrassing Ooh, as, as a Texan. Number 23. This is, this is interesting. Yeah, I had this one marked. Say it, sir. <laughs> We call upon the Texas legislature to eliminate all special collective bargaining statutes for public employees and to hold all public servants accountable to taxpayers through existing civil statutes. We oppose any distribution of taxpayer dollars to unions. And I am very tempted to agree with him simply because it would get rid of police unions, but would create so many mm -hmm. other problems. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, you're right. So that's, that's, that's the sticky and tricky thing. And that's actually funny. They're in the platform down under the police section. They're actually against police unions, which I found very interesting. Um, but they're still, at least they're consistent there on their anti-unionist. No, yeah, but this is terrible. So anybody who works for the state can't unionize, um, can destroying all collective bargaining. And then maybe some people who are maybe more, you know, economically centrist or, or conservative might agree with opposed distribution of taxpayer dollars to unions. But like, I would like to make the case that you, 
for taxpayer dollars for unions is because what what unions do, speaking of human beings a moment ago, is in this quote unquote free market that we have, where it's just like whoever's got the most money wins, which is the corporations, which are not human beings. Um, humans, workers need protections. And so you can advocate and achieve those protections through your own entity to combat these other institutions and entities, which is your union. And so, yes, unions can be corrupt. Yes, unions can get out of control. And there are examples of that, just like the police unions. Right. Um, but uh -huh. but th in, it, in itself, like you need unions if you want to have fair and equal pay, because without those types of unions, without collective bargaining and all the workers being able to make decisions together um, without everybody working in solidarity with each other, you don't you don't get that stuff. You don't get that higher pay. You don't get those yeah. paid time off those uh paid vacations you don't get the mm -hmm. the per parent you know leave when you have a kid all that all that stuff comes from being organized at the worker level and so but texas will have that stuff if it's a public union if it's a public union they're going to be using tax dollars for this anyways yeah it's a public exactly this is people who work for the state which is like me I, i'm a teacher i work for the state of texas like that's I would be a part of that. And so this is saying we couldn't unionize, which maybe now that I'm saying that out loud, maybe this is a way to try and stick it to teachers unions, because like I said, there's not hardly any unions yep. in Texas anyways. But police and teachers are like one of the areas where there are. Uh, so that's actually really interesting. Yeah, that was a huge one for me, Thomas. I'm really glad that you pointed that out. Yeah, this this whole and we'll see a little bit more of that where there's like direct aim, which is weird, too, because Republicans now, especially since Trump are trying to be the party of the working class, right? They're mm -hmm. trying to advocate, because to be perfectly honest, the Democrats abandoned the working class back in, in the 90s. Like ever since post-Reagan, uh, the, the Democrats yep. have not said what they were going to do and advocated for workers' rights, for instance, or you know for minority rights. They just do the bare minimum. And so the Republican Party has been able to actually kind of say, hey, you know, to the Tucker Carlson's of the world, like, hey, we're of the working class. We're here for you guys. Um, but then you turn around and you look at this stuff and this is like the most anti-working class thing you can possibly be is like being anti-labor unions. Uh, Bill Clinton actually ran on, uh, when he was trying to pass the North, North American free trade agreement. Yeah. NAFTA. Um, he ran on, yeah, he ran on trying to make, you know, this sold by like union jobs and stuff. I know this because my grandfather, one of the guys who helped him get it elected, he was the, the president of the IBEW uh, mm. in Arkansas. Oh, like awesome. for the whole state wow and so awesome. like yeah he was running for stuff for him since like he was governor clinton but uh fast forward to when he gets into the presidency my grandpa is somewhere out there in the cosmos there's still footage of my grandpa calling bill clinton a wormy bastard on national television for for signing nafta yeah yeah because yeah, like he when he did that it actually destroyed a lot of union jobs like oh he, yeah no, that's it's a lot of people over with that. A hundred percent. No, NAFTA has been one of the one of the worst things that happened to the working class in this country, you know, in the past 30 years. Uh, and that's why mm -hmm. all of the manufacturing jobs that were in the Rust Belt and were in, you know, West Virginia and stuff, it all went overseas after NAFTA because of these free trade agreements. And so that's actually one of the areas on this platform that they're against all, like all free trade agreements. And like, I'm not going to say as a blanket statement, I'm against all of them, but the ones that we've done so far have all been terrible to American workers. So like, I agree. That's one of the things. So uh, before I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself though, there's one thing I want to see on this list of what other thing, what other things uh, jumped out to me. One of them, what, yeah, Thomas, you said this earlier, they're, they're against their, against blue laws wanting to repeal blue laws and so like i was like i'm for that growing up in burleson johnson county we had a bunch of blue laws you couldn't buy alcohol 
you know, on Sundays, right. you can buy it after a certain time period on Saturdays, you can, you know, all that, get rid of all that stuff. Um, Dodd-Frank, they, <laughs> number 30, we support the immediate repeal of Dodd-Frank legislation, which is the 2008 crash. And that's the legislation that came up after that, that essentially was protecting, uh, financial regulation and consumer protection. So like making sure the banks don't put us in a position to where the economy crashes again because of all the, the shady stuff they were doing. Um, they can't do that anymore. And then protecting the consumers and, and, and our, you know, from, from economic, you know, devastation when the economy collapses, they want to get rid of that. Uh, and so make the market more free and make it more, more collapsible again. Cause that's how this works. Free market. If you don't know, listener, free market capitalism is a boom and bust cycle. It is every seven, eight, you know, sometimes 13 years, uh, we go up and the economy is great. And then we go down and it crashes and it's always for various reasons. Um, but that's part of the system. It's built baked into it. So that's like kind of how it goes. And so if you're going to have that in, in your system, you're going to want to have protections <laughs> for certain groups of people for when the times get tough. Anyways, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, they, they had, number 31 said Sarbanes Oxley. I didn't know what that was. Some of the stuff I came across, I was like, I don't know what this is. And they don't explain it in the platform. So I had mm -hmm. to go look it up. And this is essentially, they want to get rid of this thing, which protects investors from fraud by requiring corporate transparency. So they passed this law yeah. in like 2002 or three or something that requires corporations to like tell the truth about their books. <laughs> and they want to get rid of that. <laughs> So we should not oh, have to be god. honest about what we do. Oh god. So okay. uh you know, that's good for the non-human institutions. I don't know if that's great for us humans that have to deal with these to survive. Um, yeah. Protect the corporations yeah. at all costs. Yeah. I mean that's really what a lot of this They are do. they are the real baby whales out there in the, in nature. That's who we need to protect is the corporations. Okay, yeah. have y'all made it to 34. Okay, yeah. That was the next one I was going to say to you. Go for it. 34. Um, we blah, 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 call on all the official things to limit the ability of online social media platforms to censor the speech of citizens in the new digital town square, which they currently control. Yeah, so they're now flipping flipping the coin. Yep. <laughs> they want more government regulation. We no longer want the government to not regulate things. We would like the government to please regulate these things for us. <laughs> but I thought free market, man. Um and so I mean that's literally they want these these corporations are making the, you know, financial decisions to silence the president or Marjorie Taylor Greene uh because of their the stuff they're saying is costing them money. And so they're oh well, it's exactly <laughs> like Donald Trump says it too. They want to be able to sue them too whenever they say something not nice. Yeah, so uh, that's what they want to be able to do. It's just so hypocritical. Now, a solution that I think they're not willing to go as far as, but like I, if that's if that's a problem, and I admit, like maybe you know, you, do you guys agree that like I don't know, social private companies being able to silence people may be an issue too, right? Because mm -hmm. they're not protected by that First Amendment. Um, you know, I'm a big free speech guy. And so like that is something I'm like corporations. I, I don't want corporations to have power that the government doesn't. You know, that seems like a bad, right. a bad situation. Um, and so the the my personal as a as a libertarian socialist, the solution is nationalize it, nationalize Facebook, nationalize Google. Um, so it's part of the government and accountable to voters. Uh, and we can decide the funding of it. We can decide how it's run. It's accountable to the people rather than just being accountable to the, the CEO or, or the board or what have you. Uh, no, I don't think it's. I mean, really he's already so. bought a half of Hawaii, so I mean. <laughs> but that's the op. That's more, you know, 
that's more government overreach. You can look at it that way. So they're not usually for yeah. that, but that's a solution. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. Anything else, guys, that you guys saw on um, in this section? There's a bunch. This is a long section. Total yeah, with a vehicle inspection. What? <laughs> Which number? Forty. Oh, Forty. Yeah. Arkansas just, already has this. They're just against yeah. inspections, um, and so and they don't. Want, which essentially includes, you know, uh, emissions tests. So mm -hmm. if your if your truck isn't, you know, is is just blowing smoke everywhere, like it's you get it doesn't matter. There's no regulation <laughs> against it. Uh, so yeah, that's it. It seems I don't know. What do you think of that? <laughs> just I'm don't even have fully formed thoughts about it. I'm just like, it's really weird that that's on here. And yeah. the emissions things thing makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, I just, it, it just yeah. jumped out at me. They're against licensing. And I, mean, I don't know if you skipped over that or if that's coming yeah. up, but they're like against licenses in general, like for professions and for all sorts of yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's fair. I guess I kind of forgot about that. And like, there's an argument to be made like for, for certain things, I think. To where you don't need a barrier of entry to become something, but I don't know. That's you could that that is issue dependent. Uh, and obviously, if it, people are driving cars and that's producing things, you want that you want that to be on record. I mean, our drive we have driver's licenses. Like our drivers, you know, we're so having our vehicles that we're driving around with is have being that registered too. I don't know. It doesn't seem crazy. Yeah. No, I I forgot <laughs> that like that people. Like, I know people that don't think that we should have to have driver's licenses, but I'm also just like, I think this is a moment for me where I'm just like comparing, you know, that that feels so not petty, like mm. I get it on principle, but like there are so many other things to worry about, you know, yeah. and so then just like reading like in this mess, like we shouldn't have to get like safety inspections. Yeah. Like when you're also like but we should be able to control other people's bodies is just blowing my mind right now. Yeah. They only want power and freedom for themselves. When you look at it through that light, everything else makes sense. Well, it's that, but yeah. it's also, you know, kind of this envy. ContraPoints did a wonderful video. If you guys watch ContraPoints or listener, if you don't watch ContraPoints, if you're into, if you want to look at some social issues through a philosophical lens, she did one about envy recently. And I think this is kind of that where, you're not wanting other people to do certain things. It's like, and so the, the licenses is, is an example that we're going to see a lot of, a lot of this, I think is a response to like, Oh, we just don't want anybody to be able to do these things. Uh, if, if you know, I don't know. I don't know if that made any sense. My, my thought process isn't watch that video. Maybe it'll make more sense. I don't know. Um, there's a couple other things in this section. Number 42. We got to talk about 42. This is, I love this because mm -hmm. they sound like the Democrats 20 years ago. So yeah. Like now, now we have to fix these things. Yeah. This is an imminent disaster. This is another thing I was for. Even though we've been voting this down for decades now. Yeah. yeah. Flooding, mitigation, hurricane, and early warning of impending disaster. And they want to do a bunch. I of wonder stuff. what caused that. By the way, y'all, y'all have any idea? Hmm. Solar winds is what I heard. <laughs> Solar winds. Oh my. <laughs> Uh, maybe the hurricanes. I don't know. Maybe the hurricanes. Maybe the ice storm. I don't know. Um, flooding. You know. The, the, but they're not admitting climate change here. That does it doesn't say no, anything about that. No. But they're just wanting preparations for emergencies. 
which like good you should want that and yes there should be more money for that and yes there should be more preparation and planning for that um i didn't really have any issues with that but i agree with you it's ironic it's like oh nah now you're coming around which like we should take a we should take a, as those on the left we should take a win when we get it when the when the right mm. is nudged left on an issue we should have a little baby celebration uh yeah you know i don't uh you know so good 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 on them uh open mar- number 44 and 45 and then i think we'll move on to the next section after that number 44 and 45 uh yeah i was just reading 45 so but start with 44 44 open markets again free market capitalism, emphasizing that again, but saying we urge the Texas legislature to adopt legislation eliminating the mandatory three-tier system of production, distribution, and retail. That'd be amazing. Texans should have the freedom to purchase and service products, uh, alcohol vehicles, medical supplies, et cetera, directly from manufacturers just as any other retail product. And I thought this was really interesting, and I don't know a lot about this, and it made me go, maybe like, what is the, what is the consequences? How can you game the system this way? Is it that if you have all the money, you just go straight to the distributor and buy them out and then people can't have access to the product. Like what's the downside? Basically. Is that, is that what it is? Cause that's what I'm like. Uh, yeah. If we could all just buy directly from distributors and cut out the middleman, uh, you know, I'm all for cutting out the middleman and certain things. That's what a lot of this capitalism bloat is is like people aren't even producing anything they're just making money off of other people uh who, mm. are, who are doing things um and so you know i don't know that was i have just i put question marks next to it because i don't know how i feel about that but i thought it was really interesting <laughs> yeah i mean the the only context that i'm really familiar with this concept is i mean i work in a distillery so like this would apply to us because oh. right now we have to work with like a distributor to sell our things and we can't work directly oh. with like local businesses like in like bars and stuff that we might want to sell our yeah. liquor at you yeah. know because we have to we have to like it we can't just like go and be like here like let us sell these things to you you mm. know we have to like go and be like hey this is who we are if you want to check out our product through our distributor and like the weird rules that they've established about it yeah so that's the context that i'm familiar with it in and it seems to me like in my situation that like it would just make um it would make the local economy stronger yeah i think to cut out the middleman and to just focus on on small businesses like supporting each other yeah um i agree i don't have a problem with yeah, this on I mean, the surface. But that's, yeah, I'm not at all an expert on these. These are just no, but that's good. That's a real life example, you know, and that that mm-hmm. makes that makes perfect sense. Um, and I've heard about that too, with you know, and also with with marijuana. I think in other states, not that we have that, but I think there's a similar issue, uh, or something. I don't know. Uh, that is really interesting. So I don't know, Thomas. What do you think? Like, and I can imagine that vehicles and medical supplies could be similar, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's kind of interesting they're doing this because I think what's going to happen is. Yeah, the middleman's going to get cut out of the way, and that's going to hurt a lot of jobs, and that's going to hurt a lot of business. I think in the long run, while it's going to open a lot of doors for people to buy directly, you know, it's going to open a lot of doors to the consumer. You're going to be killing a lot of businesses, you know. Yeah, that's part and of I the think process. What's gonna, and I think the one thing that these distributors have that a lot of people don't is they have uh the ability to kind of vet products and work and distribute things that actually uh 
do good. And if you think about it, it's kind of like a free market version of regulate of uh, product testing. You're not going to have that. So you're going to have people buying directly from distributors and I mean, distract directly from manufacturers and stuff. And there's going to be a lot of defects that they're not anticipating. That could, yeah, that makes sense. That could be a concern. I feel sure. like it almost like as it eliminates jobs, it kind of opens up opportunity for more. Yes. And yes, so that's it, something that's going to happen too. in, in the uh, just amazing book that I just finished reading called why nations fail. They essentially talk about, uh, I'm not going to get into the whole, whole book right now, but, uh, it create uh, inclusive institutions and extractive institutions, whether they're political or economic institutions. Uh, and they kind of go through that whole thing. But part of the, the reasons why nations that fail do fail is because of the refusal and the denial to have creative destruction. And so like part of having a new industry come in or whatever is you have, you know, like with the automobile, for instance, all the people who are making horse whips, you know, oh no, they went out of business. But like, if you maintained the system to where horse whipping salesmen, like were able to maintain status quo and the automobile was not able to succeed, then you're like literally pre pre preventing like progress. <laughs> and so yeah. what happened, that, that's not sustainable. Uh, and so you have to have this sort of creative destruction economically to where like, it, and that does suck at the individual level if you've invested in a business that doesn't pan out. Um, but like, and the, but then, so then therefore you need to have protections for when that happens. You need, you, need, you need support systems in place for those people when that happens. But you can't prevent the process from happening. Uh, and I thought that was super interesting. I highly recommend reading that book. Um, but it's like, that's something that now I'm aware of and I try to look up or want to see this. Are, are we preventing progress from certain situations? Or are we allowing that creative destruction which Rose, you talked about last episode a little bit, just like kind of like on an individual level, which I think still, uh, you know, applies to this this broad one as well. But that's important. That's important for the process. Um, toll roads was the other thing, and so like I always agree, they're kind of against toll roads. Uh, and actually, I don't know what you guys think of this. I'm just going to ask you on the fly. I want to do an episode on this, like just a whole episode on the whole toll road situation in the state because it's a disaster. Mm -hmm. Do y'all know a lot about the situation? I don't know a lot about the situation. Reading just the the like the first blurb on the toll roads thing, I'm like, okay, yeah, that that sounds reasonable. But I, I really like. Then I thought about it, and I don't know anything about the it's, yeah, the, like the political. I kind of agree with it because what's road. what's happening with that is okay. So the people who are maintaining the toll roads, that's not actually like the state of Texas. That is oh, yeah, a company, yeah, the state has paid to basically oversee the tolls. And what happens is after they finish building it, any tolls afterwards basically go to them. Mm -hmm. Go to the company, and, not the state. Yeah, and they're kind of fighting people trying to, to make it like the Republican Party wants right now to where, like, after it's done, you know, no more tolls. And the, re the way they're... Oh, you cut out. Oh, no. So that was like the whole thing. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> they don't want any more tolls after the initial construction. Everything after that goes to these toll companies. Yeah. And one of the ways they're kind of justifying it is they have these people who are like, driving down the road in case someone breaks down and then just like helping them fix their tire or whatever which is nice but i'm like i probably could fix this 
myself, um, our taxpayer dollars don't need to be going through this. And I certainly don't want to be paying like $5 per trip, depending on where you go. Oh yeah. Um, it's insane. It's insane. The whole, and that's why yeah. I think John Oliver, I might be making this up, but I think John Oliver did an episode on this and I mean, he might've been talking about tolls in general, but pointed out Texas cause we got a really ridiculous, uh, deal going on here with some company out of Spain. I believe that is running all the, the toll roads in Texas. All the Fantastic. And like the, I remember the Texas he, he legislature just, getting really mad about like, wait, we agreed to what? Like, I think it was a Republican guy. Yeah. They, and he's like, why did we agree to give everything to this company? And the state of Texas gets nothing. What is going on here? And it's like, yeah. uh, corru corruption, uh, is the, is bro, the, <laughs> bro, somebody's getting paid and it ain't you, man. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll have to, that, that's like a, a deep topic that we could go into. And I know a lot of <laughs> listeners probably have to deal with that on a regular basis. Probably got to use Chisholm trail or probably got to use, uh, you know, uh, um, George Bush, right. Did I say, is that it? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. George Bush. I'm like I've driven on it, but I'm not even thinking what the name of it is. Yes. Uh, so, okay. So let's, let's keep going. We're about halfway through this podcast oh, and we're only like, this yes. is a, a also, we don't have to use, time here, use but Useless Sorry. fact, John Oliver has a great online thing on octopuses. Okay. Go, go on. Okay. Okay. Um, other, like, yeah, we don't have to spend any time here, but I'm actually kind of into 51. Freedom Food? It's a dumb title, but um, but I would like to be able to buy some things directly from small farms. Yeah. That would that'd be nice. Yeah, I agree. So it's, it's good to find a little bit of, you know, middle ground. There you go. Absolutely. Number 57, I thought was kind of funny. Um. Jobs are essential. I'm like, okay, mm. yeah, we, okay, go on. Uh, we urge the state of Texas legislature to adopt legislation that recognizes and establishes all businesses and jobs are essential and a fundamental right. Now, I think, I think we need to take the businesses part out. Businesses aren't a right, um, but jobs are. And if you say that, and if you believe that, then you, sir, are for communism because you're talking about full employment. You're talking about no unemployment. That's communism for real. If there's no labor market, that's literally communism. They just said they were against <laughs> communism. No, I'm like, no, I'm, if you want, no, if you want to provide full labor and employment for everybody, I'm, you know what? We can have that conversation. You're like, no, you said it. It's no, item yeah. number 57. Can't take it back. I know. I'm like, well, no hey. Vaccines, them's the rules. They're communists now. I, that's, I was like, whoa. I mean, they have that one word business in there, which kind of changes the whole meaning of it. But like, if you take that one word out, it's like, whoa, full employment, huh? Okay. Didn't know you were going to go there, GOP. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Um. 55? Yeah. Um, how come we can't, how come taxpayer money can't fund it or subsidize high-speed rail? Because they don't but want it's That's actually something we need to be funding. Like yeah. fossil fuel industries. Right? What? Yeah, we should see and like, what those numbers And like are. animal farming. Like, yeah. these things are killing the earth. And they're but heavily we can fund subsidized. subsidize them with taxpayer money, but we can't fund high-speed rail even though it would be more efficient <laughs> mm -hmm. it'd be more efficient it would be better for the environment and guess what it would provide jobs for people oh. <laughs> and people but would have doesn't more get them paid so it's not important yeah no there's some there's some <laughs> deals with the automotive industry and the other transportation entities in the state of texas that have a stake and they will lose money if people aren't filling up their gas tanks to drive to austin and instead they can just hop on the train um, mm. and so, so that's why, and there's heavy, heavy, they've been trying to build this one from Dallas to Houston for like a decade. And the state mm -hmm. has been intervening this entire time to prevent that from happening. And so I think this is just an extension of that where they're just like reemphasizing no rail. Um, 
which god that would be so awesome if we had high speed rail it would change here's it would what change i love about this this is literally them trying to be like uh private entities should not be able to do stuff without government interference even though everything else they've said is government sh- should not be interfering with business like are they having a stroke like yeah there's, there's government interfering yeah again what? yeah there we go and so again it's just it shows the you know there's a, a strong cognitive distance dissonance going on here and it shows the contradiction like they're not really ideologically consistent they're not really for small government they're only for it on the issues that like you said like we said over and over again for the ones that they care about uh and so i'm curious i'm curious if the democratic one's going to be the same they might be also inconsistent i'm curious i don't know i mean human beings are con- we're walking contradictions. probably will be inconsistent but okay probably less though so because they are they're less the the democratic party is way less propaganda right now all they have to do is just convince people they're not hitler and people will vote for them that's all they have to do i mean not anymore right i mean i think after the election that yeah. was more true now we're getting into biden's now dropped below 50 percent for the first time so i think now they're gonna have to start actually yeah. making a case uh which they haven't they right haven't, haven't done yet no, uh, no, they haven't. So the next section they basically is, has been like, here we are. We're not Trump. Yay. Yeah, exactly. Which is OK. You know, show me something, <laughs> you know, yeah. do do something. Uh, next, the next section is constitutional issues. And so this isn't nearly as long. But man, I, as a, I got a lot of pink on my paper. It's I marked this up a lot. There was a lot of problems with it, I think. But again, we're going to try and be brief um, going through this. Have you do y'all have anything that jumped out at you? I'm scanning it right now, but you go ahead and start. Okay, so uh, the one that I agreed with, the only thing I agreed with us on the whole page was number 62, uh, right to free speech. I agree, we should have a right to free speech. That's very nice. There was one section in it, though, that I didn't agree with. (laughs) Free speech is good. Um, The part that is, they snuck in there. uh, Yep. Congress will ensure that individuals will free speech, well, yes, will not be infringed upon with unconstitutional laws defining hate speech or hate crimes. That's like okay. Yep. Well, well, no, we need those. Those are important. Yeah. Uh, KKK yeah, is uh, still bad, y'all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we can't just hate speech and hate crime people. That's not on the table. No. Nope. Sorry, bud. <laughs> they they want to keep oath to the Constitution. I guess they want people to swear an oath on the Constitution. I just think oaths are silly. We're 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 like hundreds of years past the time i think where we need people swearing on a book um that's just me though <laughs> uh that seemed like a silly one yeah well back then everyone cared about that book and now like i think they've done a study there's only like 15 percent of the population that still goes to church or something like that i didn't know it was that among long, like but i'm not surprised among younger people yeah like the churches are literally dying because the members are dying and no new people are coming in because they're like i don't want to get molested or participate in this at all there's definitely that um yeah. number 64 i thought was interesting and this is one of the things that when, when i go over like the government section of my class and i'm like teaching students about like the the process the, the political process voting and stuff uh we have to cover uh referendums and we have to cover initiatives and we don't have those in this state and so number 64 is is sticking with that and saying we oppose initiative and referendum we oppose and then it just goes on to say we oppose socialism communism fascism and or marxism or any other form of tyranny which is just i could just i could just go that doesn't make it, it doesn't make any sense but anyways like the initiative and the referendum thing is i'm like that it literally is giving more voice 
to the people, like an instance of a referendum, that's just where you bypass mm. the legislature and you just have the people vote, right? And so the, the way Brexit happened, for better or worse, in the UK uh, was a referendum. The people just voted. It wasn't parliament that decided that. It wasn't the prime minister that decided that. The people decided that. And a lot of states, like the majority of states, I want to say like 35, 38, something like that, have referendums. Uh, so you hear about them in California a lot. Um, and there's other states too. They're like strongly against that. And so again, that's just, to me, that's just kind of, you could argue anti-democratic. Um, so just at straight up, like not wanting people to have a political say. Um, and so, yeah, that, that one stuck out to me. What about you guys? Do you guys see anything that tickles your fancy? I'm interested in 65, um, state sovereignty. There. Specifically, the last sentence, Texas retains the right to secede from the United States should a future president and Congress change our political system from a constitutional republic to any other system. What? 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 Yeah. What universe? Well, here's, the thing, though. Here, here's the thing, though. I have received videos from people who believe that our government at whatever point changed to be a corporation like and is no longer a republic and then or and then i think trump changed it back or something but like that's a legit belief that like goes around in in more of the more more of the culty side of um like people who like trump specifically i'm so glad that you and so are aware of that like have this have this perspective to say i had no idea yeah go ahead from what i understand they can't do that because they didn't they have to give that up to rejoin right. the union? So, so, so yeah. it starts yeah. pursuant to Article 1, Section 1 of the Texas Constitution. The federal government has impaired our right of local self-government. So by not allowing them to secede anymore. So when but when they say Texas retains the right to secede, like they're saying that in the GOP platform. Yes. Which doesn't that's not a binding. So it's not. Thing. Yeah. They're just saying that. They're just saying it. Exactly. Yeah. They're just saying that we should have the right to secede. Dude, yes. they've ran on that for so long. I remember true. Rick Perry was ran, running on that for the longest time, like three years in a row, I think. The state legislatures would start with, like, by basically taking a motion to see who wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. should, should they ever regain the ability? Oh, yeah. They still do. Like, it. I want to say every session where they just, it's, you know, symbolically. It's lip service is what it is. Yeah. But yeah, just to be clear to the listener, the state of Texas cannot legally secede from the union now of course secession wasn't legal the first time they just did it uh and so if texas you know right. wanted but to we been, could just do it it's but. this thing that texans say yes that we but retain the right we do not we we when there's a debate yeah. before the civil war you could say maybe but after the civil war everybody who seceded had much the federal government came in and took a lot of states rights away after that uh, and so that's one of ours but that we, we don't have the right to do that anymore. Um, mm -hmm. But again, like if you're wanting to start a new country, like then you then you do what's illegal anyways. Us starting this country was illegal in the British's eyes. So whatever. <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah, it's weird that it's in the platform. And they're just like denying reality or advocating for revolution, maybe. You know, I don't know. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I mean, like you could interpret it that way. Right. Like that's pretty incendiary speech I don't it's know. so weird. yeah no it's so weird to like to like say things like that and then also to be like but if you don't go along with my status quo mm -hmm. fuck you mm -hmm. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. like 
if you're like if if the government changes to be any kind of other political system like we're gonna like like the the tenth amendment rights of texas should be ignored opposed refused and nullified and then other people are like i'm gonna like you know peacefully protest something i don't like in the government and they're like hang on yeah right yeah exactly it's just all over yeah so incendiary for being also so just like just shut up and sit down mm-hmm. it's only for them mm-hmm. okay everyone mm-hmm. else just needs to listen to them that's that's what they're saying yep so and I thought, can you imagine there's like i didn't count the number of names on the first page of this where it was like these are all the people on the on the committee mm-hmm. on the, the platform committee can you imagine being one of those people sitting in that room being like yeah we're doing a good thing yeah it's like 30 people or something i don't know what it is either but yeah that's a lot of people and yeah all of them yeah this is this is what they put together <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is the list they put together uh bonkers oh man. my god i know uh another one is the national popular oh so 68 limiting the power of the supreme court uh we support congress's limiting the power of supreme court by invoking article 3 section 2 clause 2 uh which is just that's a you know we could go on with that for a while number 69 national popular vote so i don't uh, you guys may have heard of this this is like the counter to the electoral college um where we just have a popular vote nationally and so whoever gets the most votes nationwide wins not having you know this whole antiquated electoral college system they support the electoral college and more than that number 71 they support a state electoral college so they want another electoral college for the state of texas on top of the already so well for them right yes exactly it is working so well for the republican party it's how they can retain power without you know winning over the people this is what what would you what what's the word for that someone help me out (laughs) tyranny I don't know. That was the one they threw out earlier. That, that yeah, is a word yeah. that they put on the table. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean. Oh, here it is. It's fascism. It's a form of far right authoritarian and ultranationalism characterized by dictatorial power, forcible suppression of opposition, and strong regimentation of society and of the economy, which came to prominence in early 20th century Europe. I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if I would go that far. I don't know if I'd go that far and say the Electoral College is fascism. That's what they're trying to do. Here's what's happening. They know for a fact that Texas is turning blue. They know that the Republican Party is losing power fast. And the only way they can retain that is is if they have some sort of vehicle that allows them to to still be legitimately elected without the popular vote. Exactly. Which would, in fact, be your Electoral College. Which is why they're very strongly for them. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're totally right. Now, so the trend is and what this for the listener, in case you don't know, the Electoral College essentially tries to evenly distribute votes to people in rural areas because the population centers are obviously the cities. They're trying to, like, take a little bit of that power from the cities and distribute it to the rural areas. Uh, And so it kind of disproportionately gives power to counties and places where there's like next to nobody there. Um, And so this, you know, getting rid of the Electoral College or bypassing it with the national popular vote thing. Um, would, you know, empower the cities again. And that's what we're seeing here, it, you know, nationally is the trends are more and more people are moving to cities. Less and less people are living and moving to rural areas and cities vote Democrat, cities vote blue. And so when you look around the country, especially this last election in 2020, the places that are voting blue are all the urban centers. The places that were voting red are, you know, all the, all the rural areas. And so this is just an extension of that, like where you're exactly right, Thomas, like the only way they're going to maintain power mm-hmm is by having this 
messed up system called the Electoral College, which just like un unevenly distributes power to their voter base, which is in the rural areas. So I don't know. I'm not surprised. It's just ridiculous. Like I until until I saw that dude's post, because this is one of the things on that Reddit post, I'd never even heard of a state electoral college before. Like it didn't it didn't the thought of that didn't enter my brain. Like, oh, we would do it again on the on a on a smaller level. Uh but yeah, it's just to me that's just bonkers. Like, I don't know. I, I hate the electoral college. I remember hating it 20 years ago when I was in high school and learning about it. Being like, this is dumb. Why is this why is this is not democratic if we call ourselves a democracy? Uh, and then you look at the, and you learn about the electoral college, you're like, this is not democratic, like at all. Uh, but that's what we have. That's what we still have. So we can get wow. out of that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm 73 not... dude. Like, yeah, that, that's. Oh yeah. So read it. Wow. Um, we support a change to the 14th amendment to eliminate birth tourism or anchor babies by granting citizenship. Only to those with at least one biological parent who is a U.S. citizen. I kind of hope they do this, but they have to go to the to the extreme. What do you mean? Like, you can't be an American citizen born on U.S. soil unless one of your parents was actually born here. But here's the thing: if their parents were 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 not born here, they can't be. Which means most of us are immigrants, right? Which means almost none of us are U.S. citizens except for indigenous tribal people. Give them back their land. Uh, <laughs> okay, I see. I see where you're headed there. It's I not going to go that far, but that's that's if we're doing this right, that's how you do it. Yeah, <laughs> I you can do it that way. I don't know if creating Always another Scottish, class. I don't care. I don't know if creating another <laughs> class of people is the best way to go about it. Uh, but I, I think your intentions are, you know, in the right. You, you, I'm just saying, <laughs> if you're playing by that rules, everyone has to play by those rules. There you go. Uh, there's that. In, that's that envy again. I'm not saying you're envious, but that's that mentality of like nobody can. <laughs> if we can't do it this way. It's not do it at all, bro. Uh, highly recommend checking out that contrapoints video. So yeah. Do y'all have any before eighty? I'm uh, mad about eighty. Eighty. Uh, since this mm, United States senators, I do seventy-five. This no. Is, oh, okay. Is, yeah. Yeah. So Go. they're wanting to get rid of the 17th Amendment, which is going back to having appointed senators rather than voted senators. So your Chuck Schumer's, your Bernie Sanders, your Mitch McConnell's would be appointed by another legislature. I don't know, by the House, by the president. I don't know, rather than by by vote, which, again, is anti-democratic. That's literally just taking away one of the amendments that we fought for in the 1800s. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So, well, okay. what they're trying to do is like, here's the thing in the 1800s, you had a lot more uh, voter participation. This was they're talking about this on the majority report uh, about a month ago, I think. Nice. And uh, basically what happened was both both parties at one point at like the same time basically said, you know what? Some people are stupid. We don't need this many people voting. Right. And so. One of the reasons the 17th Amendment happened was because everyone's participating. They're like, we want to pick our own senators. Um, the reason the GOP is trying to put stuff back under like the uh, the authority of the state legislatures and everything is because, once again, the Republicans have more loyal voting bases who show up for state and local elections a lot more than the Democratic parties do. And that's the only way they can still be competitive. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. What the Democrats and the people on the left need to do is, you know, 
we need a lot more people actually giving a damn and participating, like not just at the presidential level or the U.S. Senate le- level, but every level. Yeah. But the that way, election. they can't pull do- bullshit like this. And if they do, it's going to bite them in the ass. Yep. No, for sure. Um, what about? So you said eighty. Is that what you- yeah. yeah? Affirmative action. We believe in equal opportunity for all citizens, without regard to race or biological sex. We believe in Martin Luther King's dream of a colorblind society. Well, that's wrong. Yeah, I like a little mis- misquoting, misquoting MLK there. Um, yeah, yeah, just entirely taking it. And like reappropriating. Like, like oh, we're going to use... Yeah, here's what I love. Pretty gross. People so who are always like, you need to be like MLK Jr. Mention John Lewis and they're going to say a whole bunch of terrible things. Yeah. If they even know who he and is. And you're like, right. yeah, I'm like, mother, what? No, no, they know enough to be to like demonize him because that's what the conservatives have done lately. Like the second, I know people who only know him from uh, the, the Affordable Care Act as the guy who like showed up and walked Congress across the street to make that vote when they were having people trying to intimidate him and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, that's absolutely ridiculous. Like, have yeah, you seen. Absolutely read or hear anything that Martin Luther King Jr. did or said and then get that out of it. He has a dream of a colorblind society. And so like... The, the speech the speech that they, like the dream speech in no way mentioned like he, every, every time yeah. he's like, black people and white people and let me label these people and I and we should be all together. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, he's not he doesn't say anything about being colorblind. He didn't march for the right for, you know, African-Americans to have jobs and stuff. But they're just That's completely the ignoring the systemic inequality and iniquities that these racist policies continue to put on our society. And it's interesting to me that they titled this platform piece or whatever, like uh, affirmative action. It doesn't say anything about affirmative action. I mean, it's just in, inherently yeah. denying it. Like, we don't think it should be a thing based on this being a principle. But it's just it's just weird to me that, like, rather than going at the policy itself, they're just going straight for the whole race shouldn't exist. Which, like, okay, Holy I want to talk about this for a second. Because this is also yeah. behind a lot of the CRT stuff. Is, like, they're very, very scared of, like, focusing on race and, like, particularly, in like, instilling racism in students. That's what they're very scared of. And I guess it's because of this whole mm-hmm. white fragility thing with the Robin D'Angelo, like trying to create white guilt, like based on the way that they're framing things and writing things. And so, like, I yep. disagree with that stuff, too. You shouldn't be guilty because of who you are and what color your skin is, um, mm-hmm. even, even if you are white, like I'm half white. But like, you're not the problem because you're white. Again, it's the systemic thing. Don't, you know, de-individualize that stuff and just understand and sit, you know, from a passive, you know, we're all, all three of us are, are white here, right? You know, uh, uh, like yeah. it, we, we, we understand the privileges, right? We understand the position and the history behind it. That doesn't mean we take ownership of those things. At least I hope, I don't want to speak for you guys, but I, I mean, I hope not. Like, I, I do not take ownership for any of that. Like, and you shouldn't, like, that's not your fault, but you know, just <laughs> recognize and let's try and fix. There's a lot, there's a lot to fix. We're not to where we need to be, but just recognize those things. But like, and that's, that's the, to me, that's like a common sense sort of thing, but like their li- and their desire, what they want is a colorblind society, which ideally in the utopian sense, yes, we all should see each other as humans and not 
as black people or white people or whatever. Now, I'm not saying we should deny those experiences and those histories or anything, but I'm saying, it, you know, ideally, it would be best if we could all just see ourselves as human. And that's what they that's want. What they want to. Well, no, I, I don't think it's quite. They want to get past all the baggage. They want to, like, get to yeah. the end without doing the hard work of, like, reconciling and dealing with those things. Right. And so it's, it's like, OK, well, let's just not. It sucks to talk about all this racism and all this history. So let's just not talk about it. Let's just can't we just all be friends? Can't we all just get along? And it's like, no, we have to talk about <laughs> we have to historically <laughs> process these things. You guys have been denying this is even happening for hundreds of years. We're just now starting to have those conversations, and now you're trying to, you know, change the history books and make sure we're not. I'm we're starting not having to think if the GOP denies it, then it's probably true. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Like climate change is real, GOP denies it. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. LGBT I've... people, you know, exist. Absolutely. I mean, GOP denies it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I guess I didn't even think of it in which, those terms, but you're right. They which do deny brings it. Brings us yeah. to 81. Hang on, hang on. There's two Family we missed. Values. Look at 77. Oh my god. Oh yeah, English is a national language. Uh, now read 78. <sighs> Equal rights amendment. Oh yeah, that's right. I I forgot to highlight it. They want to yeah. Adopt uh, March 22nd, 1979. Oh my god. Okay, so here, for, oh, for those of y'all listening, read it, yeah. here's, what, here's what 78 says. The Equal Rights Amendment. We call upon the 87th Texas Legislature to adopt a resolution clarifying that the 1972 ratification by the 62nd Texas Legislature of the proposed Equal Rights Amendment to the United States Constitution was valid only through March 22nd, 1979. Meaning it expired like 50 years ago, 40 years ago, retroactively yep. expiring it. That's so shady. I missed that one. I didn't highlight that one. I'm glad you pointed that yeah, out. Yeah, same. I just glazed right over it. The next Ugh. one was funny to me. Executive actions. They, this is a big contradiction. Again, uh, we oppose all executive orders, whether by a president, a governor, or a local official that go beyond administrative administration of executive authority and have effect have the effect of legislation. So based on this platform, nothing the governor has said over the past, you know, however long, uh, we got to follow because screw executive order. Oh, read that last sentence they snuck in there. Yeah. We call upon the president to rescind the executive order allowing unionization or collective bargaining by any or all federal employees. Yeah, there you go. So, Holy crap, I found something I agree with. Uh, 76 term limits. We support term limits of 12 years for federal and state office officers. Yeah, I mean, that's I agree with term limits. I don't know if 12 is the best number. Maybe it should be no. longer. Maybe it should be shorter. I don't know. But Depends on the position, but yeah. Definitely have them, for sure. Uh, yeah. So let's, there's a bunch here. Let's keep on rolling. We got, let's try and wrap this up, I guess, in like 15 minutes. Uh, yeah. 81, we don't need to talk about because we know, but like just the fact that they only okay. mention the Judeo Christian family values and they is. don't mention anybody else's family values. Nope. Um, I mean, we know, but just. Mm. Yeah, we support the affirmation Sorry. of traditional Judeo Christian family values and oppose the continued assault on those values. Just, just a little victim mongering. More you know? on Christmas. 
War on Christmas. Sorry. Okay. Um. War on Christmas. <laughs> every, every we will year. find Santa and we will t- we will slay his elves in the streets. Yeah. We will feast on Rudolph. Uh oh. Don't don't say. We will melt Frosty and make him a soup. Sorry. You're gonna work them all up. Leave Rudolph alone. <laughs> oh, okay. This one I thought was really interesting. Number nine. This is war. Number ninety. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, protecting constitutional rights regarding age. And this is weird, man. This is weird. This is kind of a rabbit hole weird thing. Uh, blah, blah, blah. We further state that all rights and duties of citizenship that are granted based on age, including but not limited to, voting, involuntary military service, signing legal contracts, owning or possessing firearms, consenting to medical treatment, being charged as an adult with a crime using alcohol or tobacco, getting married, and paying income taxes should be confirmed when a citizen is an adult at the same age, whatever that age may be. So essentially giving children the same rights as adults when it comes to contracts, military service, medical treatment, criminal behavior, tobacco and firearm, alcohol and tobacco, getting married, and income taxes. So basically what they're trying to say is you know, the, the age for being an adult should be the same. So, like, it shouldn't be like when you're 18, you can go to war and you can vote, but you can't drink alcohol, you know? Oh, so they're, they're tying all of these things together and saying that they're they wanting it all to be the same age. Yeah. Okay. 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 Which okay. I can kind of get. Got it. And they're wanting yeah. later on, I don't know where it is, but later on, they advocate for making the legal age to be an adult 18 instead of 17, which is what it's been for a long time in Texas is 17. Um, so that's interesting. They're trying to pump, bump it up a year. Uh, I guess with, I, if you tie I, it with this, that makes sense. I kind of agree with that because my deal yeah. is like if you're old enough to to serve, you're old enough to drink. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then they also work in like consenting to medical treatment, which gets a little fuzzy. Yeah. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Some of that stuff. Ooh, it's yeah. How do you? That's tricky stuff. A lot of that stuff is tricky. I mean, when, anytime you're dealing with a family and the government's role in a family issue, it gets it really sticky. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, under the se- the next section is the criminal and civil justice section. Again, there's a lot here. We're not going to have time to talk about all of it. But there was actually, I think I have more blue on this section than I do pink, which surprised me. Um, and those blue things were no arrest for non-jailable offenses. So in the practice of arresting individuals for which jail is not an allowable consequence. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Down with that. Um, Mental health support backup, it's not far enough, but it's advocating for every, you know, essentially peace officer to have a backup, a mental health person that is with them. Um, I would go further and try and take those (laughs) police officers out of certain situations and just have the mental health professional, but that's still a step in the right direction. Lead with the professional whenever possible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They don't get the cops don't get training for that. We've talked about it a bunch, you know, at the beginning when we started this podcast when all that was going on. Um, number one hundred two protection from arbitrary stops. I would just leave it there. Period. <laughs> protection. People should have protections from these arbitrary stops, but they kind of say the Texas legislature is to enact legislation to protect Texans from arbitrary stops, detentions, or arrests for openly carrying a firearm. It's just like, ah, oh, only, okay. open <laughs> only that, like, no, let's have protection from, for, in general. Um, I'm curious about 103. Um, are you familiar with fun, that? As a- fun fact, there's over, over 10,000 statutes they can use to arrest you. So that's not going to stop them. There you go. That's true. No, I'm not. I'm not. I wasn't until I saw this. 
So th- like this just kind of like it makes me worry about like sex education. Yes. But yes. Oh yeah, they're it's gonna a, they're gonna attack this, on like, that heavily for that. Yeah. Do you want to read yeah. it? Do you want to read it real quick? Oh yeah, yeah. Wait, did you offer? Did you ask us? You do it. You read it. You brought it up. Okay. Um, yeah. Obscenity exemption. We urge repeal of the Texas Penal Code obscenity exemption, which allows children access to harmful, explicit, or pornographic materials under the guise of education materials. Under the guise. Under the guise so of I, education. I don't know much about that, but I would love to find out. So it's essentially, uh-huh. they want to, in school, if you are, sh- like, when I was in middle school, uh, they showed a, a woman giving birth. We watched a video of that. And it was like from the 90s or something. And it's like the dad with like a big old VHS pack on his shoulder. And he's like, it was a very graphic video. Uh, I still remember it. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to say it was traumatizing, but it was, it was very graphic for a you know, seventh grader. Um, am I, that is a bit much. Do, well, I mean, sure. But like, you know, I, I'm not saying that that shouldn't have happened. But they're essentially right. saying that you could call that, I guess, pornography or that that would not qualify under the obscene exemption because it's for education they gotta be into some weird stuff over there well i mean that's what i'm saying like it's not like people are showing porn during sex education that's not that's not what's happening but that's the implication (laughs) here is that like well you should get rid of the exemption so people just can't show stuff like that again it's a prohibiting information being shared so you can't learn about sex you can't learn about the human body uh because that's porn i guess is what they're saying <laughs> like is kind of what they're equating it to yeah i'm just wondering how much of a real issue this is you know like i mean like, like it, it it has there been some situations where like some children have been violated like hmm. by their sex ed teachers probably like or or are we just saying that we want to like not i want to say that i recently with like Sorry. anatomy in sex ed you know like i'm i'm just wondering i think it's a little bit of both i think some of it has to do with the you know religious puritanical sort of yeah. like prudeness on mm-hmm. that type of stuff but i think it also is there has been issues with teachers i want to say in the past five years that i remember a story in the area where there was like a teacher teaching sex ed but like you're doing it in a very very inappropriate way with the students um mm-hmm. and and i know that if the QAnon thing is all about pedophiles and exploitation of children if that's something they're very very concerned about this is kind of another area where you can say unless oh, your name is donald like, trump right. or matt gates but continue yeah yeah yeah, exactly again contradictions but i think this is it's so weird because it's like so, something that it's like so hard to you know it's like well yeah obviously we don't want people showing our children traumatizing things you know but like it's also so traumatizing like to receive a bad sex education yeah and like to make poor decisions because of that mm-hmm. you know and could ruin your life and or just yeah you know so like just knowing what a real problem it is like especially in rural texas like mm-hmm. like accurate sex education like a lot of schools don't even follow the the like mandatory minimums you know but oh, like no. Yeah, not at all. So, so yeah, just knowing that it's weird to take this at like face value as like we just care about children. Yeah, it it is yeah. it is again. It's just I don't know, kind of like you said earlier. Like some of these things, it's like why are you putting this on here? Of all mm-hmm. the things, of all the things that we're gonna advocate for. I mean, I guess you could. There's the flip side of like why not? We're already putting 300 things on here. Let's add this to the pile. But I don't know. I see what you're saying though. It is kind of yeah strange um 
civil asset for it's just conservative virtue signaling yeah it, you can see it like i think you could you could frame it like that too that makes sense uh 104 i thought i was glad that they were against that i thought they were pro civil asset forfeiture but uh because cops have been doing that in the state for a hot minute um but mm -hmm. i guess it's government it's taking property <laughs> and they don't mm -hmm. like that so it's like okay which was led me to believe like are, are democrats like pro F asset forfeiture because like well here's the thing in my in the subculture of like conservative religious you know where i like my family where i grew up like we weren't pro cop like mm -hmm. like my parents weren't pro cop until it became a like police brutality thing and then and then they started you know being all like back blue and you know like we should be able to beat up whoever we want you know or whatever whatever it is but we're not going to get into that now but like like yeah so just civil asset forfeiture i'm like well yeah of course you know like like i i grew up in a family that like you know we would pass a cop and we'd be like mm, a cop you know yeah <laughs> and then and then they turned around and were like oh like you're protesting cops well you must suck they're here to keep us safe you know so like I have a weird perspective up, on this. I'm sure. No, no, I think I, I don't. It think makes that, it makes sense to me. No, it does make. No, it's just I think that's a common thing. I think that's something I haven't really thought about. But yeah, you're right. It's not like my friends who were Republican when I was growing up. Like that's not like they were pro cops back then, um, or anything. Mm -hmm. it's, it's for the listener, just in case, in case someone doesn't know what civil asset forfeiture is. It's essentially the police taking. It's your stuff, but very oftentimes it's money. It's cash. If you got yeah. like a grand on you and they pull you over and they're like, what is this? You, you might be do, dealing drugs. We're taking this. It's ours. Uh, and they, they basically all, you can use it to commit a crime. So you are committing crime. That's their, their logic. They're assuming that. Yeah. And so, but the people, they've also like taken people's trucks and boats and all sorts of stuff that, mm -hmm. th that is like, un, you know, somehow being used in a crime. The state just takes it or the police department or the county or whatever. They just take it. Uh, and then like every year they end up with like tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of asset forfeiture. And they just get that. That is like their money to use departmentally or whatever. Uh, and so it's just like it's literally they're just taking people's stuff. And like this is one of those things when you get into if property rights is a big deal, which again we kind of mentioned that earlier, that's a big deal. That is the, the thing that separates these nations that do well versus the nations that are failing. that bringing up that book that I read again earlier. Uh, talking about like Nogales, Arizona versus Nogales, Sonora. They're two cities on the border. They're like the same place, yeah. same culture, the same people have been living there forever. The only thing difference is one is in America, one is in Mexico. In Mexico, property rights are not protected very well. The cartels can just take your stuff or the police can just take your stuff. And so this civil asset forfeiture is an example of that uh, unstable property rights in our own country, in the state of Texas, where it's like, you know what? It's not guaranteed that if you have something that you can actually keep it because the cops might take it from you. Like that's some pretty messed up stuff. Uh, and it's been going on for like, I wanna say a decade now and you, you still don't really hear a lot about it. So like, I don't know if we can get both political parties to agree like, hey, can we stop that? Maybe we can get some political will to actually make some regulations and stop it, you know? I don't know. Yeah. So, okay, we're- It's we're... always a political risk to cross the police though. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? It comes down to the power dynamics. And then, then you get into the powers of the unions with their political, you know, lobbying that they do and the endless money that they can spend on advocating for certain policies. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. We're like we're only half, not even halfway through this thing, but we're almost done with this podcast. So <laughs> we recommend to the listener that you guys kind of go through this again. The links are below, and you just go through and kind of read some of this stuff. We didn't get to education, which I have a lot to say about that. I'm sure you can imagine. We didn't get to finance. We didn't get to government and foreign affairs and health and human services. Uh, and there's a lot there. We also didn't get to national defense and border security, state affairs, like is the state of Texas. One thing that I was happy to see is that they're against daylight savings time. I was like, yes, mm. let's get rid of daylight nice. savings time. Uh, so yeah, I so it is interesting. Like if anybody listens to this and is like, oh, like I don't talk about like actual platforms and policies with people and like this sparks a conversation, then like, hell yeah, you know, because I, I feel like if more people were like, I'm this and this is what that means to me. Yes. You know, then we could actually just connect more. Absolutely. And that's what it comes down to. And again, kind of why we're here for you guys is that we want to help you guys educate yourself and each other about how this process works, but also how we feel about these things. A lot of these topics right. and you guys even heard us as we're going through this going, I don't know how I feel about this. I actually haven't thought about this at all. You know, <laughs> like, and so there's, you know, and so it's it's healthy to have an open mind and to still be developing your ideas. And, and it's okay to come across something and go, you know what? I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, and it's okay to change your mind if you've come across new information or something. And so like, no, I think this is a healthy thing for us to do. And for really for citizens in general, I, I encourage the listener to go, go through this and see if you got the time, get a little highlighter, see what you feel and what you agree and disagree on this platform. Um, there's a lot of other stuff happening in, in DFW news right now, but, uh, we feel like there's so much coverage of that right now that you guys can go, you know, you can, you guys can read the Fort Worth weekly or the Texas Tribune or Fort Worth, uh, report and like find stuff on the coronavirus and find stuff on CRT and find stuff on the schools opening or closing or mass mandates. We're not going to talk about that probably next time either, because there's just so many y'all can get that. And we want to get kind of dig more into this policy stuff. So are y'all cool to do the Democrat yeah. one next time? Sounds good. Do that? Sweet. Yeah. I'd oh, even be okay. cool to do like the second half of the GOP platform. I'm, okay. I'm down for either one. Okay. Well, maybe. So this I'm is that thing. We could create bonus content that we, we don't have a Patreon yet, Patreon yet, but maybe we'll get a Patreon and we can but soon. release those part two episodes just to our patrons. That could be, we haven't done content like that, but that could be something we could do. I'm down for that promise. So yeah, that's actually a really good idea. So, hmm. okay. Well, thank you very much for listening guys and for sticking with us. We appreciate it. Uh, Rose and Thomas, it's a pleasure seeing you guys as well. And uh, yeah. enjoy yourselves. Everybody have a great day. Bye. Bye. Bye.